welcome to the Spec Saver Screenwriting Podcast, a series to help you navigate the tricky world of screenwriting and save your spec script. I'm Victoria Ferguson, I'm a writer and a script executive, and here I'll be in conversation with other screenwriters I admire, from those just starting out to award winners whose content you may have already binge-watched. They'll be sharing their own screenwriting journey and advice on everything from how to get inspiration for your next script to how to make writing a full-time career. So pop the kettle on, fire up your laptop, light that scented candle. It's going to be a good writing day. Last week, I spoke to Kay Elmer, who was just about to take the leap into full-time screenwriting. Well, today you'll hear me talking to the lovely Edinburgh-based screenwriter, James Topham, who's been a writer for years and has a number of projects currently in development. I met James back in 2019 when he won the BAFTA Rockcliffe New Writing Competition with his young adult script, The Ministry of Umbrellas. He's an alumnus of the Channel 4 Screenwriting Scheme, uh, and he's developed projects with production companies like Scott Free, ITV Studios and Channel 4. He's also very open and honest, you know, about what it takes to build a career as a screenwriter. We spoke about James's influences, how he got started as a writer, but we also discussed other important questions like how much do you need to have written as an up-and-coming writer and is it best to plan out your script or let your characters take the lead? I really hope you enjoy this episode. So have you been managing to do much writing during the lockdown? Yeah, I have actually. It's it's weird. It's I um had a few things lined up just before um just before COVID hit. And you would consider yourself then you're a full-time writer rather than a writer slash something. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. I mean, I've um I kind of like fortunately, I guess given the how difficult it is to um get sustained work as a writer, I I I started doing um kind of corporate writing for kind of marketing and bids and things like that. So it's something that I've kind of kept going uh, in the background um, for years and years, actually, uh, which has been really useful. So kind of like when when writing falls off, you can you can pick that up. So um, And sometimes, actually, that the busier you are, the more productive you are. So because you're able to go to that corporate writing, I imagine when you're doing that, you can't wait to then go back and do your creative stuff. Whereas if you've got all the time in the world to do your own writing, nothing ever gets done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't feel like that at the time. It feels like, like terrible. But uh, no, 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 I think that's absolutely right. I think I think like one of the worst things that you can have as a, as a young writer is that kind of pressure to desperately um get the next job get the next gig and so i think if you've got that um ability to have some money coming in you know whatever whatever it is you're doing i think that's really really useful so we know that you're a you know full-time writer and um well i already know that you're a you know a successful one who's won competitions and he's had some amazing commissions but um i'd really like to go back to kind of how it started when was it that you first realized that you could write and that you thought oh I might actually you know I'll try and write a screenplay or I'll try and make something out of this so I think I've always wanted to to write I where I started doing it properly I suppose was at university and that back then I thought I was going to be a playwright uh which I was like desperately desperately wrong about um but I suppose that's how I how I got into actually doing writing was I, I wrote plays at university and and soon afterwards um, 
and then very quickly realised that the stuff I was writing wouldn't fit on a stage in any kind of sensible sensible way. Why so, was that? Was it know, too large scale, too kind of ambitious in the setting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were very filmic, basically. I don't know what I was doing. But, you know, I, I kind of wrote a, a play about setting the, you know, during the Russian Revolution and a play that kind of was set over 300 years um, uh, of French history and, and kind of stuff that was, uh, you know, whilst other playwrights around me were writing stuff set in bedsits, which is probably what I should have been doing. But yeah, but, but yeah, no, it took me, it took me kind of a few years to realise that I suppose what I wanted to do was write for the screen. Did you get anything put on at university or did you ever consider taking anything to the fringe? Because I know that's how a lot of writers start up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I had two or three, uh, I, I don't think I've told this story before in, in public, but I, I uh, did a play with a, a drama society whose president at the time was Jack Thorne. Amazing. who uh, gave me uh, kind of 500 pounds to put on a you know put on a play that we we put on a small uh, black box theater but yeah no uh, we, we we put on you know uh, a couple of productions and we went up to the edinburgh fringe a couple of a couple of times and did kind of very small uh, productions in in pub uh, in pub theaters and that was and that was a really useful experience yeah and would it be fair to say that well, the work that I've seen of yours is quite kind of sci-fi, a lot of kind of dystopian thriller types? Was that always the kind of the case? Is that what yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think I do tend to come from a, a, a kind of a, a genre place. And I don't think that's necessarily because I, you know, I've, I've written a, a couple of horrors and I, I'm not a, a massive um a horror watcher even but I, I like the idea of um coming at stories from a place where the audience uh understands and recognizes what's going on because it means you can then um start twisting those expectations and doing uh new things within those expectations was were you able to do that because you're just a film and tv buff or had you done any uh kind of research and like study of screenwriting yeah no i didn't really um i, I didn't really study screenwriting i think most of um what i write comes from stuff i saw when i was uh younger you know i i, I just tend to tell people kind of between the ages of 18 and and 22 um was kind of like a, a weird high point of um network uh successful tv it was kind of it was it was prior to peak tv for, for me but it was you know kind of the time of the west wing and lost you know those things came out within two years of each other so, um, so you've just finished watching the final series of Lost and you're like, what am I going to do with my life now? Um, yeah. So you start writing um, screenplays and your first kind of breakthrough moment was the for screenwriting. Is that right? Yeah, I guess I guess so. I, um, yeah, I, I uh, in my early 20s, I took a, a bit of a break um, from what I was doing, which was trying to write and, and get plays on took a step back and wrote a, a spec pilot that I submitted to a couple of uh, schemes, one of which uh, I don't think is running anymore, which is called Coming Up, which um, was a, a Channel 4 run thing um, that um, was aimed at trying to get young writers their first TV commission. I got to a, a kind of late stage on that. And then the year after that, I got on to full screenwriting, which... Um, 
it's a similar uh, kind of talent scheme, but perhaps a bit more focused on giving writers the experience of developing their own their own series. Um, and it was the first couple of years that they that, that Channel Four had done that done that scheme, um, and it was really helpful in terms of a giving me you know any kind of idea of how the industry worked. Um, but also in terms of kind of contacts and meeting people and um, giving me kind of an introduction to people who I wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah, was that a moment of before, you know, for screenwriting and after? Because there's, you can be churning out a lot of content. It's really difficult to kind of break in and finally be a name that, you know, when you pop into someone's inbox or when they see your CV, that they will actually pay attention. Yeah, I think I think it was, although it's it's always difficult kind of looking back to, to kind of get a feel for um, kind of like what the turning points are in your career. I think, um, I think it was important. I think it was very much um, uh, useful in terms of uh, television which i think is even even more difficult to get into than um than film as a as a new writer you know it gives you a, a conversation starter it gives you just like a little bit of a stamp of um of authenticity for people you know that being said i i, I you know after the Ch channel 4 screenwriting i had two or three years of kind of what felt like quite churning um activity in terms of trying to get tv stuff away um so yeah, yeah, you, you, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a turning point for me. But I think at the time, you always feel like it's going to open up these, you know, open up every door, and you're immediately going to go into um, sustained and successful work. And 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 sometimes it feels, uh, yeah, sometimes that doesn't quite happen the way that you expect it to. It's interesting you say that you think it's harder to get into TV than film. I absolutely would have thought it would be the other way around just because of budgets. Why has that been your experience? And this is just my, my, my own experience. But I think with film, if you have a script that people like um, or, uh, or an idea that people like and, and a sense that they can, they can do it for you, the opportunity to make that first step from a development perspective is um, it's a lot easier because they can see what's uh, in front of them and um, you know you're particularly as a writer rather than a writer director your involvement from then from then on isn't that important whereas um, from a TV perspective I think having um, experience and having the sense that you'd be able to um, lead a TV series through all the stages of development and even after development. I think producers and channels, you know, they're, they're putting more more uh, money on you from a from a bet perspective. You know what I mean? They're making a bigger bet. That's, that's the best way of putting it. Whereas if you've got a script in film, that's all anyone needs to kind of get that process started, I suppose. And did you have a lot of, before you kind of, uh, you became a, f a finalist on Coming Up and all of this, did you have a portfolio of spec scripts? I presume you had a kind of a, a, a kind of money-making job as well. Were you in the habit of doing writing regularly and, and building up that bank of content? Yeah, I was, although um, I didn't have loads and loads. I think I probably had two, um, two TV scripts that were in a good enough state to show, to show anyone. Um, and I think... It, 
I think, okay, so I think writing is really important at that stage in your career. I think getting writing done and um, getting uh, stuff out there is really important. But I think it, you can overestimate how important it is having 10 scripts as opposed to two really good scripts. Um, and I think that, that stage in my career, really all people were seeing were these two, um, these two 50-minute specs yeah. that I had. And so what you, um, after for screenwriting were you then writing for tv how did your first kind of commission or next project come about after that yeah so after full screenwriting I, I kind of did a kind of rounds of meetings and um i um got a piece of um a piece of development work with uh, itv studios which was a um a kind of hr dramedy um, that uh, was based in, uh, I suppose, loosely around the office that I was working in. Um, but, I, you know, as you can probably imagine from stuff that you, you've read of mine, it wasn't exactly in my sweet spot. And so I think it's, it's, one of, it's, it's a very kind of um, maybe instructive case of, 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 new, of, of what happens to new writers in that I'd gone through this Channel 4 um, process. I think people saw... Uh, me as a writer who um, could do stuff for Channel 4, even though at that point in Channel 4's history, the stuff I really wanted to write and the stuff that they were looking for didn't didn't always gel. Um, so, you know, it was fantastic. That was like a, a great first step into TV development. But I suppose I was bumping up against, you know, whether or not um, I was the right writer for some of the projects that I was going up for or that I was developing. Particularly in TV, you can be pitching lots of stuff and, and trying to get stuff going, but I suppose it's important that you've got a, a certainty in yourself that it's the kind of thing that A, you want to do, and B, you'd be able to do even if you even if you managed to get it away. Yeah. Given that that was a kind of departure from your usual style, was it that you had pitched that to them? Had they just seen you as a writer they were interested in and said, we've got this idea, or how, how, how did that work? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it was um, a bit of both. So I think I kind of went in for a general meeting with them. They talked about um, the kind of things they were looking to do. And one of the ideas was, you know, we like the idea of an office dramedy, uh, particularly set around HR, and I um, had a couple of stories to tell because at that point I was working in an office and, you know, kind of actually quite closely with a lot of people who worked in, in, in human resources at the company. Um, and so th that idea kind of gelled and really it just gelled out of a, a simple conversation, which was, you know, I've got, I've got a little bit of experience in this thing that you want to make. Um, and sometimes that's the way that um, I think TV ideas can get up and running, right? You 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 gel with people, they like your writing, um, and it, and it's and it starts with that very kind of small germ, and sometimes that works out really well, and it kind of blooms into this much bigger thing, and you've got a, a full idea of stories and characters and arcs, and other times it's you kind of bump up against the kind of limits of how much that really is a story and how much they that is really a set of characters who you'd be able to sustain across an entire series. Yeah, so you've had this initial brainstorm. Um, how far did it go before, um, before it kind of 
collapsed and had you been um had you been commissioned or kind of paid anything at that point to for you to develop the idea yeah so i'd been commissioned to write a a, a bible or a kind of extended treatment of the series uh that they were then going to pitch um into channels which they did um and it's funny you say kind of um but by the time it collapsed it's it's one of those things where um and this is another kind of was a, a new completely strange experience to me as a as a as a new writer um i don't know whether that series is going to go ahead or not and that was probably five or six years ago you know what i mean i, I mean it's not but what i'm saying is it it's it would be nice in that process if at some point everyone sat down and said look this isn't going anywhere but that's often not what happens you know what i mean it's it's out the it's going on, you know, it's it's going out to people, um, but you don't necessarily know when, when the project's dead. You've just got to kind of assume that at some point, really. Right, so we could still be watching HR at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, on. exactly. And, <laughs> and it would be really, it'll be a really good series that everyone should see. <laughs> um, and, uh, and at some point along the line, you started uh, developing projects with Ridley Scott. How did that happen? Yeah, so I think I was, um, I, I, I haven't met Ridley Scott, I should probably say that, really. Yeah, I, I, I've been in his office, I think that's the closest I got. Oh, that's, that's uh, a pretty good claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I'd spent a couple of years kind of doing the kind of stuff I was talking about, kind of trying to pitch in TV ideas, perhaps TV ideas that um, would work for a new writer to develop, but um, but weren't kind of quite in my sweet spot. And um, I was kind of getting a bit um, down about that as a process. And so I wrote... Um, uh, a first feature script that that I'd ever written. It was kind of like a big, complete opposite. It was a big sci-fi, um, robots and shooting and explosions and that kind of thing. Um, and that, through a, a whole series of like kind of weird and unusual events, managed to get out into the world. And um, quite a few people read it, both here and in the States and um, one of the companies that read it was uh, Ridley Scott's company, um, the, the team in the UK. Um, and at that point they were looking to do a, um, a, a kind of a smaller budget series of films that this, this spec would never, would never work for. But, um, but they had me in for a meeting and I pitched them a couple of ideas that were a bit more in the, in the budget um, kind of expectations uh, and one of which was a, a kind of a small contained horror which uh, they liked and which we we worked on a, a script for. Yeah and when did work start you were talking about uh, how after the Channel 4 competition you were expecting or had thought that perhaps things would start kind of snowballing but actually you have to continue on with the grind when did things start uh, start flowing a bit more and you found a kind of steadier stream of uh, of commissions and work yeah i'm not sure that even that i'm not sure that's even happened yet to be honest. but you, you know and, and that's that's very serious you know i think um kind of how my career's happened is i've i've tended to have um spurts of a couple of um uh, pieces of work whether they be kind of development or someone taking an interest in a spec that I've done had those things um kind of written and then it's been a case of going back uh going back to the to the the drawing board in terms of trying to get work again and and whether that's about um kind of using the scripts that I've written to 
try and set up new ideas or whether it's kind of going back and, and when I've had a bit more time specking something out else um, out for myself, um, it's, uh, it, it always feels like every job you get, once that's done, you, you need to kind of go back and start, um, start hustling again for the next one. You started off then with writing competitions. We met at BAFTA Rockcliffe. How important are writing competitions now in your writing career? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think if you include um, kind of talent schemes in that, I think they've been really important. I think they've kind of each one I've done has been a little kind of rocket boost to something else. Um, but uh, you know, I think also, I don't know, they, they can also be a bit of a trap, right? I think particularly for screenwriters who are outside of the the system, you can get a bit kind of obsessed with competitions particularly a whole range of competitions that don't necessarily have um have the cachet or have something attached to the to the back end of them that is really going to get you um get you onto that next step so i think i think it they're really useful i think it's useful to be strategic about the ones that you enter and the on the ones that you put your focus on um and also, I'd always be thinking kind of like, what's this a stepping stone to, you know, because I think if competitions become a um, an end instead of a means, then that's when you can get a little bit stuck. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're kind of saying, oh, look, I'm placing regularly in 10 competitions, but I haven't got any work off the back of it or I'm not meeting anyone off the back of it, then that's when you, you probably got to take a step back and say, you know, do, do I want to do something slightly different? That's why I would love to hear a bit about how you've managed, I don't love the word networking, but I suppose growing those industry relationships. Are you good at going into a meeting and setting out what the outcome is going to be for yourself? Are you good with sending follow-up emails when it feels like you're pestering rather than just, you know, (laughs) raising your hand again? How have you been at, I suppose, putting yourself and your work out there? You talked about cold emailing a lot in the beginning and stuff so I presume pretty good yeah I don't feel like it but no I guess so I I mean I think the I think the important thing and something that it took me a long time to learn is that um a lot of uh a lot of meetings in this business aren't aren't for anything so, but they're also very important, right? So, you know, the whole concept of a, a general meeting is um, is like such a weird and unusual thing if you come from a different walk of life. You know, like I, coming from kind of like a corporate background, if you, if you went for a meeting, it was to do something. Whereas a lot of meetings in, in TV and film aren't really to do anything. They're to, to meet people and to um, get a sense of um, who people are and for producers and, and channels and uh, to get an idea of um, who you are as a writer. I think I, I had higher expectations for meetings going into them than, than perhaps I should have done. So I suppose I suppose what um, I struggled with at the beginning, and I think where, where I'm getting better, hopefully, is thinking less about me when I go into those meetings or my project or will this person think this a good project and more, um, is this the right person for my project? Are we going to be able to work together? Um, and I think And I think having that kind of mindset kind of brings you um, to a place where you're more likely to be having the kind of discussions that will get you to 
working together and, and doing those projects. What I would love to do um, is drill down a bit into your personal writing process. Um, for example, what does a typical writing day look like for you? Where are you writing? Um, how many hours are you spending? Are you better in the morning or the evening? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm better in the morning. I think I kind of hit lunchtime and, you know, the, the yeah, you, you get very much diminishing returns for me. You've um, given me your golden hours today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> no worries at all. I think I've already, yeah, I think I may have expended everything I've got today anyway. So, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, no, I tend to write in the morning. Um, I'll, I don't write all day. I wish I could, but I, you know, if I, that's a really good day for me if I get like a proper nine to five in. Um, I don't, I'm not very precious about where I write. I, I used to, the answer to my quest, that question would have been very different a year ago, I think. I, I used to um, go out and write in, in, in cafes and stuff a lot more than I do now. Um, and I found that, I found kind of the change in um, atmosphere really useful and productive. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I used to be a person who kind of fetishized working environment a lot. You know, I had to be exactly in the right headspace and in the right place. And I think I've got less and less like that as I've got older, which has been useful because I haven't been able to choose where I write as much as I. So are you telling yourself at the beginning of a day a word count or a page count or hours or do you just, um, I suppose you've, you've got deadlines made for you some of the time, but what about when you yeah. have to make your own deadlines? How are you kind of sticking to that when you're doing a spec project? Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I think it's much, easier, it's much easier when you've got a deadline. Um, I think it depends on what stage I am in a project, really. I think um, in the earlier stages where you're coming up with the um, with an outline or an idea for a script, I think it's much more difficult to schedule how far you're going to get with that. Um, so I'm a big um, note carder and I'm kind of structure is really important to me. So when I'm at that stage of a, um, a project, I'm not really, well, I do my best not to give myself um, too um, rigid a schedule that I need to hit because I'm not sure how, you know, it may get done very, very quickly or you may be stuck on something for a very long time. And that's less about being at your desk and more about thinking about it and walking it out and long showers and things like that. Um, and then when I'm on script, particularly when I'm on deadline, I will give myself a, uh, a page count or at least a, it tends to be like, I need to write an act or a sequence of um, whatever I'm working on on that particular day. Um, and I, I think I'm fortunate in that I write pretty quickly, I think, compared to a lot of writers that I know. Um, and so once I've got an idea of what I'm writing, I tend to be able to kind of get pages out pretty quickly. And do you find that you are just letting the characters go and see where they go? Or are you a planner? Right, so do you kind of work backwards? No. And I'm a massive, no, I'm a massive planner. Oh, thank um, God. I find it so weird when people can just write without have, knowing where they're going. It's so Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's <laughs> sickening. Those, that's some kind of like internal genius. No, no, I'm a massive planner. And I, and I think um, structure is really important to my work as well, I think. And I think um, if I, um, um, I do, I do like the idea of characters like 
being free and you know dancing across the page and all those things but it, it what that means for me is that I'll um, get into a place where my story doesn't have a satisfying arc and um, and you know I'll be 160 pages in and not have started the second act um, so it's really important for me to understand um, where my character's going before I'm sitting down and actually writing um, the piece and that's why and that's why the kind of index cards and outlining is so important to me because you can then you can see the shape of where your characters are, are going from where they're starting and, and what and what those changes are um, uh, before you're before you're you you've got all the stresses of am I writing this sentence well or does this action make sense or is this dialogue authentic you know what I mean I, I kind of like to compartmentalize story and writing as much as I can not that that always works and when you have the seed of an idea I suppose you know uh, those ideas I imagine will come from anywhere Um, I'd be interested to hear a bit about you know examples of where you found ideas but do you find that you will typically start with uh, an interesting plot twist or will it be a character that you feel really interested in how does how does it tend to start for you yeah I think it, it it's different different every time I think the import when I know that I've got a good idea it's when um the I have a concept that is that feels strong and that has a really um great story moment and that might be a twist or it might be a a a kind of a reversal or it might be a realization um and that that is attached to a protagonist that um, the journey has a kind of symbolic resonance or a connection with that that story moment. So I think when you've got those two things and they're working in tandem, then the rest of the writing becomes really, really easy because it's just stepping those things out. Yeah. And I'd love just for a second to go back to the script of yours that I'm familiar with from BAFTA Rockcliffe, just to use it as a case study for the kind of life cycle of a script. So you've written, you wrote um, Ministry for Umbrellas, it won BAFTA Rockcliffe. What happened with it after that evening of the showcase? Yeah, so I mean, I, it's a funny one this because it's, um, it's still very much in process, I guess. Um, I think it's... Um, it's an idea that is uh, very expensive, which is something that I tend to do. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's got that, it's got that feel of a, uh, a big budget, um, IP driven show or film, uh, but doesn't have the, you know, doesn't have that original IP behind it. So I think at the moment, what we're doing is we're having a, a good think about where that idea best sits. And, as you know, Victoria, it was a, it was a, initially written as a, a the first episode of a of a series, so kind of a spec pilot. But whether that's the best form for it going forward, we're not we're not hundred percent sure. Um, but I mean, I think what was fantastic about BAFTA Rockcliffe is it's the 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 script I wrote for it was the first kind of young adult family drama that I've ever written. I've tended to to write more adult stuff, and it's kind of like really opened up doors for um uh opportunities in that in that area 
uh, for me. You want to um, get so that one of those 7 p.m. Things. Christmas Eve slot, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, once Doctor Who's in there, you know, it's pretty difficult to... His Dark Materials is on, so that's tough, you know. It's just... Um, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. But, um, I, mean, that, I mean, that's the other thing. I think you, sometimes you write scripts with the, the knowledge that there's not an immediate home for them or at least you can't you can't see it but they do come in very useful in terms of showing what you can do in a particular area uh, or a particular genre or a particular kind of writing and that kind of opens up doors for other stuff i find that very interesting would you um second guess whether to work on a particular project because it is less kind of realistic or commercially viable or when you're thinking about what to work on next, does that play a big part or do you kind of let inspiration take you and you think, I really feel for this project, even though I can't see where how it would work right now, I'm still going to invest this time in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on, depends on my mood. You know, I, I, think, I think you've definitely got to um, take it in as a consideration. I think you've got to be thinking, well, what do I need to do next in my career? Is it that I need to have something that I can take to someone and say, look, you can make this. So like the Ridley Scott thing is really, a really good example, right? I think it'd be no good me going um, in to pitch them another movie that would be $300 million to make when they've, you know, they've got like a mini budget um, uh, slate on the go. So you know what I mean? You've got to be kind of like realistic in the sense of what, what are people looking for? What are they asking you to do? Um, but at the same time, sometimes you you know, you want to make, um, you want to make a big swing and that big swing might be, look, I'm not sure, there's only one company who could make this and they probably won't make it, but I'm going to write it because, you know, I'm interested in making a move into children's and family, for example, or, you know, I want to show my uh, chops when it comes to big storytelling or action or, or those kind of things. So I, I think you've always got to be mindful about I'm a bit I'm a bit wary of of writers who are are not interested on the in the people who are going to read or see the see their work right you know what I mean I think it's very easy for us to be like well you know I really love this idea even though I don't think anyone's going to like like it or make it or or want to watch it um I think you've always got to be mindful of who's going to be reading it and what that's going to do for you as a writer um but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean just write a contained thriller with three casts the whole time. You know, I think uh, people out there are looking for big ideas. Uh, and even if they're not going to make your particular big script, it doesn't mean that they're not looking for writers for for bigger projects. And you said, which is great, that throughout this lockdown period, you've had a few kind of plates spinning. You've had some some things to work on. What does the next you know kind of year look like for you yeah so i'm i'm working on a um a, a pilot at the moment for a, a ya series with which is a, a kind of an adaptation of a fun series of monster hunter books um which i'm i'm in the process of at the moment and hopefully will take out quite soon uh, as soon as i've got the the pilot done um i've got a a feature currently in development with Screen Scotland that I'm that I'm writing, which is more of a um, science fiction horror film that's kind of got a kind of 
gothic literature feel to it, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then actually, I'm, I've got a, a I'm working on a, a a spec script very much based on the uh, my first feature that I wrote all those years ago that is kind of in a similar space uh, that uh, hopefully we're going to take out soon as a kind of a a spec pilot feature. Um, so yeah, so I've got kind of a few things that I need to actually write and sit down and work on. Which are... On that note, I will let you go because we've been chatting <laughs> for an hour. But James, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat to me because we only met so briefly last year that it's uh, it's great to hear the backstory. No, 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 it's great speaking to you. Thanks very much for uh, for letting me do this. Yeah, I no, really enjoyed it.